Coming up, readings beyond the raffle and Theoryland approved conjecture. Deep dive into the spells and scrolls of nerd culture. Absorb Stormlight. Hone sympathy. Harness Sayadar and Sayadeen. This is Phantology. You may have heard of us. What's up, fantasy book enthusiasts? This is Phantology. I'm Steven, and I have Josh, Ben, and Ryan on with our, uh, we're doing our monthly episode. So we are slightly changing the format of what we've done in the past. We're going to nix the news segment. If you want fantasy news, check out Daniel Green's YouTube channel. He does a great job with the news and is much more thoroughly researched and probably, frankly, better produced and funnier than us. So uh, check out what he does for news if you really want news. I'm more humble are- than- <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Also more humble. (laughs) Uh, But we are going to do a top story later on. We're going to talk about the Wheel of Time TV show, the latest thing going on there. But uh, to start out, we are going to talk about last month's poll. So if you are new to Phantology, every month we do a poll that we run on Twitter. It's top three something in science fiction and fantasy. Last month was top three fantasy dads for Father's Day in June. And we didn't realize when we started, but uh, a lot of the dads, like there's not as many as you might think. And almost every poll included Tamal Thor. So you won't be surprised <laughs> to hear that he was in the winning entry along with Ned Stark and Uncle Iroh. Is that you say his name from uh, yeah. Avatar? It's which a good I pick. have actually not seen, but you, you say it's good, Josh? Yeah, I mean, he's technically not really a father in, to the characters involved in but he is a very good father figure and is a great mentor. So I think that that's a good winning entry. I'm confused as to like, Tam was a good father, but had a lot of room to improve. I feel like throughout the series. I don't know. Like, I mean, I guess we don't want to do, you know, big wheel of time spoilers, but uh, I mean, it's, it's fair to say that like, he's not a big focus of the, of the story. Right. Can we say that? Yeah. He's the biggest father figure of Wheel of Time. So yep. automatically. Yeah, Pretty much, sense. yeah. Wheel of Time dominates Twitter. That is uh, the platform of choice for Wheel of Time fans. <laughs> okay, so that entry was from Tanner of Tarth from Twitter. So congrats, Tanner. I think this is actually a two-time winner, Tanner. So uh, excellent job with your entries. Next month, the month of July, we are going to go with a theme that's been asked for a lot and is similar to some things we've done before, but not exactly the same. So we feel good doing it. And it's going to be top three animal companions. So we've done top three sidekicks and we've done top three creatures before. So this is kind of a melding of both. Uh, so it's a, it's a friend or a ally that is an animal. It's gotta be an animal, not a monster. You know, it's a, a furry friend, hopefully. Ooh. My Patronus pick probably isn't. Ooh, controversial. I guess uh, <laughs> we'll, we'll get to that in a second. Anyway, who, want, who wants to start? A human who shapeshifts into an animal. A human who shapeshifts into an animal. I feel like that's a sidekick. I feel like that's a human. It's a human who has shapeshifting abilities. It's an animal who can shapeshift into a human. So like reverse animals? Does that happen? Dragons. Dragons. You have an example. 
dragons are yeah dragons are different because they have they have human level intelligence you know what it doesn't it doesn't really apply to any of my picks anyways so i think we're just i think we're just saying basic animals run-of-the-mill maybe they yeah so like daenerys's dragon no no you can do dragons you can do dragons if you want I think it's got to be something that doesn't have human level intelligence. We'll say non-sentient animals. Okay. Um, so, so are we deciding that 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 the dragon wasn't destroying the throne as a symbolic gesture <laughs> at the end of Game of Thrones? Um, spoilers for spoilers for the end of Game of Thrones. Screw it. Nobody likes that anyway. So, yeah, no one's gonna get mad at us over that. Probably. We need more bad, bad reviews, apparently. So, yeah. Yeah, we didn't get a bad review. This, so, so that's a bit of a spoiler for later on. No bad review this month. Okay, who's going first with their top three animal sidekicks? Ooh. Companions. I will go. <laughs> okay, right, you go. Um, so my number three pick is going to go for, is from one of my first forays into fantasy when I was a young tween and a teenager. And it is... Uh, Drist- is, this an, is this an Aragon thing? No. Why? Oh, it sounded like a, a foray into fantasy, but yeah, go ahead. Sorry for interrupting. <laughs> From uh, the Dark Elf trilogy and beyond, Dristor, right, right. a uh, figurine of a panther that he can summon, and he summons Guinevere, which is this awesome panther, which helps him fight enemies. And it's it's pretty cool. So it's he summons Gwen, yeah. not okay, okay. I like um, it. From like a, a different dimension and then sure. it comes and helps him but they develop a relationship no bestiality of course it's <laughs> it's a it's a you know a master servant animal relationship <laughs> stop using the word relationship ryan <laughs> hey ryan what's your number two, what's your number two? Right, number two what kind of relationship do we have this time my number two pick is gonna be john Jon Snow and Ghost. Jon Snow's a human. <laughs> well, I, uh, Ghost is my pick. Ghost it's, is the pick, okay. Ghost is the pick, and Jon Snow is human that goes along with the, the companions of the creature. Steven, you, you gotta calm down, Steven. You just gotta calm down here. Let Brian get his picks out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's this my, is my job to derail this in this type of way. <laughs> so, anyways, they're pretty cool. Snow White Wolf, pretty pretty awesome with i think red eyes makes a large part of why game of thrones is awesome it's john snow and ghost and then my number one pick is going to be hits and night eyes oh nice yeah that's like the best one that's (laughs) it really is and it helps because um because of the bond that they have and that they can communicate and so night eyes can actually speak to fits this is from the the Farseer trilogy, uh, the Realm of the Elderlings yep. expanded series by Robin Hobb. Mm-hmm. And it, it goes along with uh, one of the main magic systems, which is the Wit. And so uh, all three of those are series that I have loved and those animal companions are a large reason why. Okay, I apologize for interrupting. Good picks, Ryan. <laughs> all right, I'll, I'll go next. Yeah, Josh. Everyone's okay. All right. I think number three, I'm going to go with Oi from Dark Tower. 
and he was in my uh he was in my i think sidekicks episode sounds sounds familiar yeah, yeah he, he was in my sidekicks episode but he is mostly maybe a little bit above normal animal intelligence but not to human level intelligence for sure and he's just a great sidekick what type of animal he's like a dog only not a dog like a like a other kind of like a dog adjacent type animal is it the bully bumbler thing yeah. i've heard of this in dark tower yeah okay yeah yeah bully bumbler. it's like a yep. like a striped ferret looking thing yeah i i don't i never had a i don't think i pictured him correctly when i was reading it but um he's kind of like acts kind of a little bit like a dog i don't i don't know then my number two pick is going to be hedwig from harry potter Ooh, okay you know, I know it's a little bit basic, but you got to love Hedwig. Well, here's what I love about Hedwig. Just to kind of riff off of your take. Well, I you just, can, I know it's fine. You can riff. I just like, it's like the most normal, like actual relatable pet relationship. How many people do you know that have owls as well, pets? It's, okay. <laughs> First of all, Josh and I had an owl as a pet growing up. So yeah. What? yeah, right. Really? Wow. <laughs> We rehabilitated an owl that we found while hiking. Okay, that's not really a pet. Well, it was an animal companion. So, okay. But I'm just saying, like, how, how often, like, the reason why Hedwig is such a good pick is because Harry just, like, gets a lot of comfort from being around him. You know what I mean? It's not like, it's not like Hedwig is, like, helping him win battles and stuff. But it's just, like, he feels just comfort, you know? Like, yeah. I don't know. That's the way I've always been with like my animals. You know, it's just he- like Hedwig, uh, male or female? I feel like her. Her Hedwig is a her. She yeah. does help him win a battle or survive. Well, she takes a bullet for him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. which I actually looked at the average length of a snowy white owl, and they like lived to be around the time that she would have been when she died. Mm-hmm. So. so she knew she was going out. I mean, she lived a good life, you know, up there in the up there in the owlery. What do they call them there? It, indeed, the owlery. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay, Josh, continue. That, yeah, that, lost- that, no, that was that was a great explanation for my pick. I like it. <laughs> Sorry, I stole it from you, and I'm probably going to be stealing another one from either you or Stephen right now. But I think a great pick is Mouse from Dresden Files. Yeah. Yeah, another yeah. really good one. Yeah, but I'm just gonna say he is okay. I, okay, I don't want to say. Never mind. <laughs> you just I can I I, I know explain my pick a little bit. All right, the introduction to mouse is one of the best introduction. Yeah, it introductions is introductions yeah. to any animal sidekick ever. Yep. <laughs> there is more to mouse than what meets the eye, and you get foreshadows of that almost as soon as you meet him. Mm-hmm. Um, and he provides comic relief. He provides comfort. He provides uh, just like good beats throughout the story. And he added a lot. So there, there's my uh, topic. There's even a short story. If you, if you haven't read the Dresden short stories, there's one uh, part of a short story that's from his perspective even. And it's, it's fun. Yeah. Nice. Okay, Steven, do you want to go or do you want me to? I can go. Okay. Um, I have a list here. I'm trying to... Uh, uh, mouse and night eyes were right at the top of my list mouse <laughs> mouse night eyes ghost those were the three <laughs> at the top of my list okay oh my i'll do another uh, i'll do another harry potter one i'm gonna choose fox instead of hedwig 
I think Fox is more awesome than Hedwig because Fox can like actually do kind of magical things and and does have an impact on the story. Uh, she okay. First of all, Hedwig does have an impact on the story. Well, but like the outcome of events, not as much. Fox rescues them from the Chamber of Secrets and helps Dumbledore in the fight at the uh, where was that at the at the Ministry. Yeah. Fox is at the end of five. Yeah, okay, fine. But uh, Deus, ex, Deus Ex Machina does not mean that you're a bad animal companion. Uh, okay, past Fox, I'm going with mm, number two. I have a number one. Okay, number two is going to be, I'm going to go with the horse. There were like three different categories of things. I had dogs and wolves, and then I had some dragons, and then I had horses, essentially. And then there were some other kind of like various magical creatures. And so I'm going with a horse and the horse I'm choosing is Shadowfax, the Lord of the horses, Gandalf's horse, of course. Um, and I'm assuming there's like more to Shadowfax because I haven't really gotten too much into the whole legendarium and everything. But uh, yeah, Shadowfax seems awesome and is a beautiful, beautiful animal. So we're going Shadowfax. And then number one, I don't, I'm, I would be surprised if you guys had this one because I thought this was unique. I'm going with Cheery Cheery from the Stormlight Archive. I did indeed have that on my list. Ah, okay. Dang. Ben has Ben has showed his list on the screen. Cheery Cheery is there. The last one to go. So Cheery Cheery is an awesome animal. And if you haven't read Dawn Shard, if you're a fan of Stormlight and you have not read Dawn Shard, the novella, highly recommend it. Cheery Cheery features prominently there. Okay, Ben, those are my three. Your turn. Okay. Now I feel like I'm having an imposter syndrome right now because I haven't actually read A Song of Ice and Fire, but I've seen this show. Okay. So Daenerys and her dragons. Which one? I don't know. Just all three of them. Do you know their names? <laughs> I don't know their names. Do you know any names? <laughs> I do not. <laughs> like to continue to highlight my... Make me continue to feel like an imposter here. Can we... All I really remember is uh, Ray, Ray, Ray Hart. No, it's Ragel. Or is is Ragel her? Is that her? Her is that a Targaryen or is that the name of the dragon? She named him after her brothers, right? Yeah, I'm just saying, like in terms of like Sirion, Rhaegon. I don't think it's Rhaegon. I think it is Ragel. I think I think you're right. But like in terms of impacting the course of a story, right? Like, I mean, I don't want to give too many, but like definitely gives Daenerys some clout when she needed some clout. Mm, the mother of dragons. Oh yeah. yeah. So um, I think, and definitely like there's some emotional moments that accompany like the dragons and some ruthless moments. And anyway, yeah. dynamic characters all around. Drogon, Drogon is the name of the last dragon. Just to assure listeners, we do in fact know. All three dragons. Okay, yeah. Ben, continue. When we say we. We do not mean. Mean. But but now you do. <laughs> now I yeah. Okay. So, okay, Stephen. Just to snub your cheery cheery pick, I'm gonna say, for Kelly slash Sack, who are uh, featured in Six of the Dusk and help Dusk uh, in his journeys. This is a deep cut. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I don't remember them at all. You don't remember them? They like show show him like uh, potential deaths that he could have, and it helps. It helps. They help him avoid danger. Well, isn't there only one of them that? No, there's two. He has like two birds that help him. Two of them. Yeah, but they. But only one of them shows him. Yeah, well, only I can't. I can't remember which. Okay. One. 
Do you know the name of these creatures? Uh, Amor, uh, I don't know. It's one of those names. That, like if I read it, they're, close. I, they're, they're AVRs. AVRs. There we go. Yeah. Okay. You guys are just trying to flex who spent more time on the, on the uh, wikis than the other one. Okay. No, I, I came up with that off the top of my head. I, okay. yeah, I was pretty proud of my cherry cherry pick as well, but you swiped that one. So I had to go one, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Now I, I was going to mention this as like maybe the biggest snub that none of us picked this sidekick, but now I'm just going to pick it as mine. Cause all my other ones have been picked. Bella from wheel of time who also can't, comes in clutch certain periods, certain times and is one of the most beloved aspects of the wheel of time to many hardcore fans and is in fact the creator of the entire of the entirety of the ageless also right? i knew her name so that is a <laughs> plus i would hope that you know the names of the the creatures you're submitting <laughs> <laughs> some of them have hard names okay all right what are what are these snubs what are the, the ones we didn't mention just a bunch more there's a bunch more harry potter ones you got Fluffy, you got... Oh, Fluffy's a good one. Uh, hip- oh, who's the hippogriff? The, uh, Buckbeak. Buckbeak. Buckbeak would be a good one, yeah. Yeah. You got um, the drag... The, the, what's the dragon's name? Norbert? Norbert. The, yeah. <laughs> the Nor- yeah. The Norwegian... Nor- Dang. Ridgeback? Norwegian Ridgeback? I, I need to read Harry Potter again. All right. You, you should have been on our Harry Potter trivia episode. I would have done terribly. <laughs> Her magical creatures is suddenly a highlight of uh, of Harry Potter. I'm uh-huh. just picturing Jake shaking his head right now. And my lack of... yeah. Somewhere Jake is SMHing us. <laughs> yeah, what other snubs do we have? From Harry Potter, you have uh, Crickshanks, you have Trevor, the Toad. Who else? Um, Errol. Uh, you could go with Errol if you want to really reach deep. Uh, yeah, <laughs> Blast-Ended Scroots. Yeah, they didn't have uh, names, you have Pig, Ron's Owl. Okay, lots of good ones from Harry Potter. Okay, other franchises that have creatures? Sephira from Aragon. Yeah, that's the Aragon one I thought you were doing. <laughs> I think that's human level intelligence. Though. Yeah, it's like not human. Yeah, she's like dragon human level intelligence. Yeah, yeah, it probably doesn't qualify. What a good one. On my list. Also, from Wheel of Time, you could have done Hopper. Who's oh, was, the... Uh, yeah. Yeah. The wolf, yeah, the wolf that figures in most with Perrin's storyline. I, I also couldn't remember his name. And I literally, if you look at my Google search, it, what is the wolf that Perrin talked to? <laughs> 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 I could not find the name in time. So Nice. Hopper's yeah. Hopper's <laughs> going to be put in a lot by the Wheel of Time fans, I'm sure. Yeah. Oh, Hopper yes. and Bella. Ryan, we have Roach from The Witcher. What about like all the His Dark Materials? Like all the... yeah. The- Mm-hmm. Panta, Panta Lyman and Yorick Bernison would have been good ones, I think. I think Yorick is another human level intelligence, though. Yeah, yeah that's yeah, that's true. That's true. Gallant and uh, Sureblood, the Rashadium. Yeah, I knew you were gonna go with that. Nice. Yeah, you you love those guys. Yeah, I used. Yeah, never mind. I don't. <laughs> yep. Don't say it. <laughs> I don't want to discuss it. All right. So if you want to participate in the top three creature companions, animal companions poll you can do that on twitter we will announce the beginning of that poll and then it will run for the course of the month of july and there are prizes for the winners which is phantology swag and by the way if you like what if you like what we're doing at phantology 
You can find more at www.phantologybooks.com. All of our episodes are wherever you can get your podcasts and uh, sub our YouTube channel and support. So let's go on to the next section of this uh, compilation monthly episode. We're, we're, trying, we're kind of experimenting with some different things for the monthly episode because we want to get away from news because we think people think that's boring and can get it elsewhere. So we're going to do like an intermediate stage here. And uh, we didn't have a bad review this month, but we do have what Ben is taking, ben, what Ben is choosing to take offense at, but it's actually a good review. So Ben, you have that for us? So yeah, this is like, we if you haven't listened to our podcast before, we do like a worst of the best, which is like, we take like a scene that is super great, but we would kind of nitpick and find like the worst thing about the scene. And so this is, first of all, to the 29 kind and gracious souls that have been nice enough to leave us reviews on apple podcast thank you like from the bottom of our hearts we really appreciate it and like all of them have been great you are welcome you're welcome (laughs) steve is one of the or pseudo steve is one of those uh people maybe (laughs) anyway so this is a great review and i have no clue who left it but thank you so the review says great show Stephen, Jake, and Josh, hosts of Phantology Podcast, highlight all aspects of fantasy and more in this can't-miss podcast. The hosts and expert guests offer insightful advice and information that is helpful to anyone that listens. Again, glowing review for Stephen, Jake, and Josh. (laughs) Are we we sure that? wasn't like one of our parents posting <laughs> well why <laughs> even worse if it's one of our parents <laughs> they, they all know who you are the favorite twin is <laughs> maybe it's like Stephen. Uh, well Stephen's mom knows me <laughs> yeah she's not a fan apparently <laughs> so it's i mean again thank you for the review it's just funny that two of the members of phantology podcast got um got forgotten and Ar- arguably the most important two arguably i mean we can we can probably figure out what happened here this is someone who listened to an episode that myself josh and jake were on and ryan and ben didn't make it to and they chose to leave us a review after that one was this the last monthly episode i think it was get out of here with that reasonable conclusion (laughs) steven Steven, just because you don't need to be outraged about this doesn't mean you can't let us be okay all right i love the review I like I like the review. <laughs> yeah, there's no is no f you. But again, thank you. And honestly, if you want to support the podcast, uh, hop on Apple Podcasts and leave us a review. Or like, you know, it's it honestly yeah. makes a day. Or Venmo me money. That helps me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you got to get on reviews first before you get uh, Venmoed, Ryan. Yeah. You don't need to set up a Venmo. Steven's I'll, like, I will be the. We don't have a Patreon or anything. <laughs> You can support us on Patreon if you choose. And again, thank you so much for those uh, those kind souls who have. Okay, uh, let's move on to the next little bit. So <laughs> rather than do news, we told you we weren't going to do news, but there was like really big news. So we're just going to do one news item for the month. And this actually came up. Did it drop yesterday? Did it? Was it actually in July? No. No, it dropped two days ago. It was okay. in June. It was on Wednesday. We have time Wednesday. So the last day of June... We got from the Wheel of Time Twitter account a not a trailer, but like a little thing with the logo. So we got the logo unveiled and an official release date in 2021. No details past 2021, but just exciting to see that confirmed. It's fun to see the logo. Uh, if you want to like do a really deep dive, check out 
Lauren at Unraveling the Pattern, he put together a really cool uh, like five or six minute video kind of breaking down the what you know what, what was actually important from that. But uh, we're excited now. We can officially say 2021, we'll have Wheel of Time TV. Yeah. And it was, have we covered that it was renewed for season two? That's kind of like a companion piece of. Yeah, I think we talked that last month. That came yeah. that news came out last month. Yeah. Yeah. So super exciting all the way around. This is awesome. Yeah. I also think it's like a nine out of 10 logo. I think it's really, really good. Just Ooh, throw my two cents in there. I know, I know that you guys are kind of lukewarm on it, but I thought it looked awesome. I thought I'm a looked, little, yeah. I thought like, like it looked like a great combo between the Witcher and uh, Game of Thrones logos, kind of like a hybrid of them. And I just really liked it. So I just don't get why the W is split in half. It looks like VTV. Well, Stephen, have you realized that the word or the letter W is composed of it? Like if you say double U and put them together. Yes, Ben. Yes. And I realize that they are two V's. Yes. Well, not if it's a lowercase W. Okay. All right. I think it makes sense. You get the W, you get the O and you get the T all in the logo and it looks creative. So I'm just saying, I like it. Yeah. I, we don't need to know this. This, is, this isn't our debate, we're, Stephen. We're excited. <laughs> we're, we're excited. We're excited for the show. I love the logo. Ten out of ten. I'm I'm pumped <laughs> for the show. Yeah, and if you hey, if you have if, if any of our listeners have suggestions on how we should cover the wheel of time, we're currently like trying to think of unique ways yeah. to uh, approach this because, I mean, obviously, I'm not an expert, but I am excited for the show and I've read all the books. So. Yeah, we're for sure going to be watching the show as it drops. I think if Amazon follows the same pattern they've been doing, they'll drop the first three on whatever the first day is, and then they'll do one more for the next five weeks to get to the eight. So, we'll have, yeah, we'll need to come up with a way to cover it. It'd be fun to do an episode per, but there's going to be so much coverage of it that are we just like, is it too much? Maybe we could come yeah. up with something unique. So if you have any ideas, we'd love to hear it. I'm hoping we can reach out to other content creators and maybe like even appear as guests on their show. You know, oh, I mean? definitely. Yeah. So yeah. If you're a wheel of time person out there, then I'm sure Jake and Steven would love to appear on your podcast. <laughs> they, they know the most about wheel of time. Okay. So that's our top news story of the month. And now we go to our new and final segment of this crazy compilation episode. It's going to be a debate so every month we are going to come up with a new topic to debate. And if this is exciting, then we'll have to put it at the beginning of next month because I think it might, uh, it might, it might be fun. So we'll see how this goes. If we have five people, uh, if, if, we, if we ever are able to get all five of us on, then we'll have one person be the moderator. But for the sake of this, where we have two and two, Josh and I are going to be arguing one side. Ben and Ryan are going to be arguing another side. And I'll kind of try to moderate and play devil's advocate a little bit. So Josh, I might leave you out. No, heck no. Someone's got to moderate and I'm kind of the host. So I've got to moderate at least a little bit. You know, it's going to be like uh, uh, Chris Wallace in the, the Fox News TV. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Like, totally <laughs> exactly. <laughs> we don't want to get in politics, but that was hilarious. Okay. okay. So our topic is... Do authors owe, quote unquote, owe readers books? Do they owe it to readers to finish series, to write more books? A hot topic, as there are a few fantasy authors 
that I, I think we are going to have to do names for sake of debate, right? We'll get into that in a second. But there are some authors that have taken a while, some, some years, to finish book series, and we're still kind of waiting for them. So there's a lot of uh, fans who this has kind of soured them on the series, and they're just, they, they can't wait anymore. So uh, do they owe, do the authors owe us to finish these series? So Ben and Ryan have chosen to argue the side of they do not owe it. Wait, wait, I thought we were doing a coin flip. No, they chose. Oh, did I miss this? How did, how did this happen? The coin okay. flip happened offline. Check your text messages. Oh, okay. Sorry. Josh, you and I are arguing the side that they owe it. They, they need to finish. Okay, sounds good. So this may or may not be what we actually believe, but these are two kind of diametrically opposed Dakota Hamilton decides of the uh, of the debate. So uh, here we go. Do we need to uh, start with a lead in or just so, opening arguments? I guess is is what debates yeah. usually have. I think we should each do like a one minute, well, one minute open argument to kind of put our point forward, and then we can just kind of do a free for all after that. All okay. right. Well, I've been talking for a while, so I need to shut up. So do you guys want to do your opening argument? <laughs> Josh, you can. I feel like we can. Okay. I will do an opening argument. So let, I need a timer. Can we get like somebody screen share a timer or no? I don't, I don't think we can do a screen share of a timer on a short notice, but uh, as the moderator, I'll, uh, I'll give you 60 seconds. I'll cut you <laughs> off if you go too long. Okay. Gosh, all right. You're, you have 60 seconds. All right. This is not one where you can take two minutes. Okay. So do authors owe us anything? The short answer is technically... They oh, you're going to lose the debate before we even start? <laughs> the, the, okay. the short answer hey, hey, No, no, is... no, please. No, give him time. Do not speak. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's my time, Ben. Okay. <laughs> the short answer is technically no, right? There's no, they don't, obviously, like, we can't force them to write something that they can't write. Now, having said that, I will concede that it's not owed to us, but they do owe us communication. They do owe us updates. They do owe us a reasonable line of dialogue and where they're at. And I think that's what is frustrating to people. Now, obviously, if an author were to come down with some illness and they were to communicate that to fans, if, unless you're a toxic fan, then that's fine. People are understandable of that. But if you just leave it as, oh, I'm making progress and lead fans on, and just continue to bask in the fame of Comic-Con and different conventions making money, then that is an issue. And that is going to obviously rub fans the wrong way. Five seconds. And so do, do authors owe us? Can we make them right? No, but should they respect us as fans? Yes. Okay. Josh has changed the fundamental. Yeah, uh, I was going to say, argument. All, my, all my points that I prepared revolve around a, a different question that Josh is debating. Okay, the, the argument has fundamentally shifted here well, in, the early, no, in the early stages. I'm, I'm, this is, okay, so let's just admit that we won the first debate and we're moving on to the second debate. Do, do authors owe fans communication? No, I, I, I think that they owe, it, they owe us a certain level. The, the, okay, okay. I guess I'm going to... Right, so, you, okay, let, let's redefine it because it may, be, it may have been a little fair to say, do they owe us books? Do they owe fans something? Is something okay. owed to fans? Is there a contract with fans? We'll say, what about this? If authors have promised that they are going to finish a work, do they owe that 
Like if they say, I'm going to produce three books in this story. I mean, by writing a first book, you're kind of promising to finish. Well, I mean, not if you don't say it's a trilogy. If you just write the first book, you can just write the first book. Well, yeah. Yeah, if you say it's a trilogy, okay, fine. For for the sake of the argument, like, I, I think obviously if there's like a health issue that they come out and say, hey, you can't finish or I'm not going to be able to be writing uh, because I have come down with this health issue, then obviously like you can't, then that's a different story. But if you're, if you're uh, just leading fans along and saying that you're going to finish the story, like there, there has to be some, I, otherwise we're going to encourage toxicity, which I don't want to do. But I still am arguing that I think that we have a certain, that authors have a certain level of, of obligation to finish uh, work if they are able to. There is an implicit contract. Yeah. Is what Josh is saying. Okay. We're, we, we haven't done well with the opening argument separation. I think that was, that was a good argument. Well, no, okay. I'm not saying your argument was bad. I'm just saying like our, okay. the, the formalization, the formalization okay. of the debate process has thus far been poor. And that's my fault as the moderator. So at this point, we are going to give Ben and Ryan their 60 seconds. Ryan, you want to do it? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I, it, it seems clear that we all agree on this. No, okay. We'll, the, we'll get into it. Here we go. Here we go. Opening arguments. First, if you are a fan that, that wants to read completed works, read completed works. Read works that have already been completed. There are thousands of fantasy books out there. Pick ones that are already done. That way you will never be disappointed. It is on you as a fan. If you want to start reading a series that isn't finished, you are doing that knowing that there's a possibility that it is it won't be finished. Okay. So that's the first thing. It's it's on you as a fan. There's thousands of options for you, and 99% of them are completed. Ooh. Now, the other thing is even to your communication point, Josh. Even Sanderson, who I think we can all agree is the ideal communicator, he has a book. It's called The Arithmetist that he has promised a second book to and has been years and there's no sign of a second book that's coming. He's communicated kind of, but even the gold standard falls short in this regard and it needs to be recognized. Your argument is The Arithmetist sequel? (laughs) (laughs) Yes, because you know what? Oh my gosh. I have a certain amount of of book capital with my wife and I convinced her to read arithmetist or listen to it with me one day on a road trip and I really enjoyed it and we both enjoyed it. And so we've been waiting for a sequel. All right. You got five seconds. Finish your your opening argument. Okay. I will also say that this could be considered creative licensure. We've, we've all seen Ryan, remind what was the what was the piece of art that was uh, destroyed upon auction? Banksy created a piece of art which was sold at auction, and when it was sold, it was went through a shredder, which I some people I guess in, that increased the value maybe. So here's the thing: art is art. Nobody can define it. So if you as an author want to promise an end to a trilogy, and you end up and you maybe have had a plan from the beginning that you're just going to stop at the second book because some things just don't have a resolution. Some things just are not going to be finished and you want to teach that lesson as part of your art, that should be allowed. All right. End of closing. Okay. Argument. Opening arguments. We're prepared. Okay. <laughs> we're, not done. we're not done yet then. Opening arguments. Okay. So now do we get a, a rebuttal, Josh? I think we just, 
you guys can have a rebuttal. I think we just got to open up to just like just the just the free yeah. flow. All right. So let me let me give my two cents in there. Um, I'm I'm now taking off my moderator hat. So I think I'm going to say stronger than Josh. And again, this is this my personal opinion. Maybe you'll have to talk to me privately to find out. This is the argument. The, this is the argument that the fan base has, right? So. I think there is a contract that an author enters into with fans when they produce a, when they start writing a series that gets a lot of clout, they're getting money from fans. Fans are following them. They are getting, you know, fame and recognition, and this is their career. In my career, if I go years without producing something, that's a problem. I don't get paid anymore and I get fired. If I'm an author, why is it different? where I can go years without producing the next entry to my series that has made me a lot of money and a lot of fame. And there's like, and, and there's no consequence, right? Like maybe the publisher is mad and there's some drama, which we've seen recently, but there's like nothing personally like impactful to my financial situation other than fans start to get a sour taste in their mouth. So I think it's part of your profession bit. and you owe him a little yeah. bit. Okay, okay. Ryan, take it. Well, let me, let's, let's finish. I want Steven to finish. That's it. That's the point. So, I mean, you say that there's an implicit contract. I disagree. I think there's a, the only contract that exists is between an author and the publisher. And this is a bit confusing because Josh is arguing for communication and um, Steven is arguing that they need Stephen's arguing about like the employer, which would be the publisher here. Now, I think that as a reader, there is no obligation. You purchase a book, a book and you pay the price for that book. You are not paying anything that goes towards a future novel. Now, whether or not you join a community, follow, have hope for the next book, research the fandom, that's on you. And that doesn't involve that that doesn't at all depend on what goes on between the publisher and the author. And as far as Josh's point where the author owes communication to the reader, I disagree because I think that ultimately writing a novel is a creative process and creative processes differ between artists. And so some people like Brandon Sanderson well, ultimately they decide that, you know, I want to let my fans in on my creative process and other people, they decide that they want a little bit more uh, secrecy behind it for whatever reason, maybe the, for their mental health, for their privacy, there could be a lot of different reasons why they don't owe us communication. Okay. Well, let me rebut that a little bit because I do agree that when you purchase a book, you purchase a book, you're not floating like a future endeavor. However, you say that getting involved in the community, like that's on you, but that's not entirely the case because there are like a lot, a lot of people go to conventions. A lot of people are uh, like paying the author in, in other ways, watching mm -hmm. their YouTube videos, watching their t Twitch streams. And Josh, let me, let me add too. <laughs> If a book, if a series gets popular because people like it and they follow it, et cetera, et cetera, what happens? You get a TV deal, you get interviewed by magazines, you become a celebrity, you get money and fame and status in that way. So yeah. yes, you, you buy the book, you pay the purchase price.
But when you become a fan, that helps the author with it, their career. In the creator economy, like people's attention is more valuable than their dollars. I guarantee you that an author is going to want you to be a fan more than they want your $10 for the ebook or the $3 that they make off your ebook or whatever. Like if you're going to be, you know, giving them views, giving like spreading the, spreading their work, you know, and, and promoting them as a celebrity, um, then that's going to be much more beneficial than just the few dollars they make off that one book purchase. Okay. So here's a question. Would you rather have a series finish with a subpar ending, like just an ending that's clear. There's no love that went into it. It's just done because they quote unquote, owe it to the fans. Or would you want uh, an author to take the time he needs to, to deliver an impactful and, you know, A plus ending. I mean, is this a rhetorical question? Because the answer seems. Or, Or would you rather there be no ending? So would you, I guess the three options are no ending, subpar ending, or awesome ending. Obviously, everybody's going to choose awesome, awesome ending. Awesome ending. I choose awesome ending. But okay, <laughs> so that's not the debate though. Subpar I, ending or no ending? I, I, okay, uh, I, I, I honestly think that there's a marginal like return to benefit here. Like if somebody's taken years and years, 10 years to come up with an ending, I don't know how much better the ending is going to get in another 10 years. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Could could they could they be waiting for inspiration to strike? Could they just like maybe come up with something that they hadn't come up with before, or refine something slightly more than it was refined before? Like, possibly. But I think that there's also like a lot of, you know, I, the marginal curves cross at at some point, and you know, I, I think everyone that's going to be a little bit different for. But mm-hmm. I think that you do have to find that balance. And that's that's what it takes. To, like, that's kind of what you're signing up for to be a, an author and a creator. It's like at some point you say, this is the ending or there's no ending. Okay. Like, this is as good as it gets. That's fair. So the other thing, though, is that like uh, you guys are talking about like the the fact that, you know, people gain recognition and clout and uh, and fame. But those might be the things that prevent that person from delivering mm-hmm. on promised ending. Okay, that's true. That that is a good point. I, I don't know. I, I I still don't understand your argument for the fact that people support those authors, their Twitch channels, or they support them by going. How that increase or how that in, impact some sort of legal obligation or not legal, some sort of obligation from the author too. I mean, it's it's showing your support. It's showing that you like the works they've published, but it, it's once again, it's optional. You're not Be, because the the author can leverage that attention for better book deals, for a better you know contract, for yeah. maybe maybe a movie deal or a republication of the books. Like they can leverage that attention in their in their career, and so I think that like that that's where that's coming from, Ryan. So it's like they're taking my time, but I'm not getting anything back. You're not taking it though. You're giving it. And you are getting something back. Maybe. You're getting a community back. But I'm not getting the book back. I want the book. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess that's that's implying that people that become in, in those communities believe that their involvement will produce a book in some way. But I think that like 99% of the people that you talk to are becoming involved in that community because they've enjoyed the content that's been there in the past and they enjoy the 
similar people that like meeting people that also enjoy that book. They're not. And they are expecting. They are expecting a conclusion. They are expecting to be satisfied with everything they built up thus far. But the purpose of their involvement in the community is not to advocate for a new book. No, but the fact that they are spending, the fact that we, frankly, we, are, yeah. we are the ones, are spending <laughs> the time talking about all these books, right? Like we are emotionally invested. We are supporting authors by talking about their book on our silly little podcast. We are getting more people to read it, which then helps them, right? So is everyone a content creator? Like we are, no, obviously. But I would say to some small, tiny degree, like the time that we spend helps the authors, but if they're not writing a book or they have no plans to actually finish, it's kind of like a giant middle finger to all their fans. Like, hey, thanks for all the time you spent and all the money you've helped me make and like the good life that I've built. Here's nothing. Yeah. Okay. You can only ride the success, I think, for so long before it starts to, the well starts to dry up. We need only look at Game of Thrones. I think so many people have the TV show, given the conclusion of the TV show, they've become very, uh, very sick. Maybe. Right. No, this argument backfires. Look at George R. R. Martin. He's, he, he's signed a multi-million contract with HBO to produce a bunch more works. Like he is living more luxury than, than, you know, based on writing those four or five of the five books that are out and waiting or are there, wait, what are we at? There's five. five, There's five, five books out. And, and a dance with dragons was published on July 12th, 2011. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I came prepared <laughs> in 10 days, in 10 days from recording time, we will be at 10 years. A decade. So he has written for a decade of his life off of these books and gotten more rich and more famous since the last one was published than any time before that because you know, of his fans. As a side note, I'm just going to throw out a guarantee on July 12th, 2021, <laughs> George R. R. Martin's going to come out with a release date. That is an anthology guarantee. Exclusive. Oh, Exclusive. That is a risky guarantee, my friend. (laughs) What's the over-under on that, Stephen? (laughs) So here's the thing, though. Here's the thing. As a fan, you know that at any point, something terrible could happen, which prevents a conclusion to a series. That is a Mm -hmm. thing that you know, right? So like I said in my opening arguments, there are thousands of fantasy books that have conclusions. If you are somebody that is needing a conclusion, go read one of those. If you need somebody that, if you're a fan that needs a guaranteed conclusion, read books. That, 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 that's yeah. implying that they're all on the same level. And that argument is pretty flawed because most of the modern trends- There's, that great, people, there's great content that has conclusions. Maybe, yes. but most of the modern, the modern trends that people are really liking, like Grimdark, a lot of the series don't have endings yet. Yeah, what series do we talk about? I mean, we talk about the most popular- Fantasy books. We talk about Brandon Sanderson still writing. We talk it. We've. We, I mean, we've mentioned Song of Ice and Fire. Obviously, we're waiting. The elephant in the room is obviously King Killer. We're still <laughs> waiting for that. Uh, we're still waiting for uh, Gentleman Bastards. That's been like eight years now as well. And yeah. I mean, even even books that are coming out, Dresden Files. I mean, we're not necessarily waiting on that anxiously because he is producing. But it's, it's not complete. It's something that we are waiting for a conclusion. It's something people like talking about. People like talking about the things that are coming out now that are popular. And those things don't have endings. 
Okay. So what about, we'll take Wheel of Time. Okay. What would you guys have like, so Harriet, which is uh, Robert Jordan's wife, she had a decision to make, right? She could have like left, you know, uh, like the books unfinished um, or she could have, she, and she hired Brandon Sanderson to finish the books. Now there was no right decision there. There was a decision that was made that ended up being good, but she could have also decided to leave them unfinished. And that would have not been a middle finger to anybody that would have just been what happened because there was a, you know, the author was unable to finish the work. And so as a wheel of time fan, you knew it might not be finished and you had to be okay with that. He did everything he could though, to make sure that it had the best chance to be finished. I mean, he had, yeah, I believe it was a heart condition that he, that he passed away from, but uh, Robert Jordan had copious notes ready to go for the next author. Like they knew they were going to at least attempt to do this. So I, I think that's a good example of like what you, what you do as an author. Like he wanted to see it finished. It was his work, right? Like he was working hard at finishing it. Unfortunately, he passed away, but he did everything he could to make sure it finished and it worked out perfectly. And not only did it work out perfectly for Wheel of Time, it worked out for fans of Wheel of Time because they kind of, you know, launched Brandon Sanderson, who a lot of fans enjoy as well. So it was... I mean, it was like a, such a win, 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 win for everyone. That's fair. But my, my point still stands. If you're following along with this big epic fantasy, you have to know, right? Like you have to know that there's a chance that it doesn't finish. And you just have to know that you've enjoyed the, I mean, journey before destination. You've in, you're enjoying the journey that it's taking on. And at some point that has to be enough. I think it can be enough. But I go back to the fact that authors like, they, they, they can, they're a lot. Oh, dang. I can't get this out. Steven. It would help. I think what Josh, he's trying to go back to his original argument, I believe. And what he's uh-huh. trying to say is it would help the <laughs> fan base a lot. The fan base. Okay. I'm sorry, Patrick, but the fan base on King Killer Chronicle has really soured. The people that I know personally that I've talked to about the books, usually the first thing they say is, Great books, but the third one's never coming out. It's been 10 years. Who knows what's going on? Like that is now the narrative around the entire series. And part of it is because, look, there's just been no communication. He's started doing things on YouTube where he says like, oh, I'm writing and stuff. But it's like, why? Why is it taking so long? Can you please like pull the curtain back and just tell us a little bit about what's going on? You know, like, you know, well, let us has. know. Yeah, has though. He's, he's, said that he's started to. He's started to, but it's been years. And yeah, I mean, I, I guess we do appreciate the things that he said recently, but there's been, you know, the publisher drama that came out earlier this year that there was never any news about. And I mean, look, there, there's no release date. There's no progress bar. There's no, there, we have no idea if it's coming out in one year, five years or 10 years or look, never. I, I guess, I guess what's hard for me, and I'm not saying that Patrick Rothfuss is doing this. I'm not saying that George R. R. Martin is doing this, is theoretically an author can write one really, really good book or two really, really good books. And I think that they obviously like deserve to be like highly, highly compensated. And if that's enough to make money for the rest of their lives, great. But I think mm-hmm. that theoretically an author could like do that. And then the incentive is for them to never finish the series because that takes them out of relevance. Once the fin- series are finished, they either have to like strike lightning start, again. Yeah. Start a new series or, or just be done. Or... 
And so, okay. so like it's, it's potentially more beneficial in like the environment we've created for an author to never finish because that keeps them relevant. That keeps eyes on them. And that's what brings in the dollars. Mm, dark. Potentially. Dark. <laughs> that's a dark take. I mean, Dystopian said- never finish a series. <laughs> Seriously though. Like that's what, that's what keeps, if, if they're able to like strategize and keep people engaged through not finishing, then that's probably going to make more money than a book deal so i think that i use the example of game of thrones which yes it was a poor example and and i think that george rr R. martin is unusual because he's, he's kind of at the top of fantasy right now and because his his tv show was so successful mm-hmm. it it has garnered him significant success outside of game of thrones that will probably continue for as, as long as it continues to make money. But you have other, I think that for the vast majority of fantasy authors, if they fail to deliver on a book, finishing a series, then they will fall into obscurity uh, sooner or later. I think that uh, Scott Lynch, we, we do always talk about the gentleman bastards, but uh, I mean, I, I can't even, it, it's been a long time since I've even looked up anything about that series or um, yeah. thought much about it because yeah, I, I don't even, ex- I mean, I don't expect the, th- the Thorn of Emberlin to come out at least in the next few years. And so I, I don't even know if, I don't think Scott Lynch is really gaining much popularity now. He's probably not making that much money uh, i mean his books have probably capped out on sales i, I think new people read them but it, it's yeah it, he's reached his peak and is now on the decline until he releases a new book and it matches the quality of his former books i i don't i don't think that authors are due to the potential loss in relevance at coming out with a conclusion to their series i don't think that is I don't think that's a, a very likely possibility. Yeah. And let's just point out that the people that you guys have talked about that have succeeded in, in gaining rele- relevance and, and not publishing books have done a ton of work to develop that community and not necessarily around the publication of the third book, but like Patrick Rothfuss does a ton of conventions. He does a ton of board games. He does a ton of charity work. He does a ton of like, just like, all this stuff, and I, I'm not the biggest Patrick Rothfuss fan, you know, like I like his books, but like I'm not involved in that community, but there's a ton of stuff that goes into that. Yeah. So it's not like they're not doing anything and, and it's not like they're gaining that notoriety by just continuing to promise something that they're not delivering. They're delivering a bunch of stuff. It's just not a book. I'm glad you made that point and we, we're wrapping up now, but I'm glad you made that point, Ben, because like Josh said at the beginning, we, we uh, Josh and I are kind of on the side <laughs> of not the toxic fan, but you know, if, if you go one step further, you could be there. And we really don't want to be saying that anyone is being yeah, lazy yeah. here or like life happens, mental health things happen. Like that for sure is understood and, and, and we get it. We're trying to argue that there could be better communication and there's you know some, somewhat of a contract that they need to follow through on. However, they're not being lazy. There are a lot of other great things that they're doing. They're providing their communities with TV shows, other content, charity work, et cetera, et cetera. So, you know, all, all good people. We would just like to see more books. So yeah. do we have a c- closing argument? Uh, briefly, we'll give everyone 30 seconds. 
Well, well, I, I think we're done with the debate because I, I, I've already triggered a lot of people, and I do not believe everything I said. Like I, I'm, I'm parroting a lot of arguments that you see on YouTube and on the internet, and like, you know what I mean. So that are, I think, valid arguments, but I don't think I think that we all need to be understanding and like. I think we could all t- tell that Josh didn't necessarily believe these arguments when he told us that he didn't believe them in the opening argument <laughs> in the opening statement. Yeah. Well, no, it's just because we we need to like be careful because we don't want people harassing authors, especially. Right. I- yeah, I don't know who's going to go across an author. Well, well, listen, I think that we are all probably somewhere in the middle of what we argue, right? I think that, like, I mean, mm-hmm. none of us, I think, like, we're all understanding and we are, are all big fans and want to read books that are not out yet. So we're all somewhere in the middle of all this, I think. Yeah. Good. Yes. And uh, okay. So hopefully, if you listen to the debate, you got to the end where we, <laughs> where we, where, we said Friends. we don't believe anything. We don't believe anything we just said. We're all we love all the authors. But right. let us know which side you think won the debate. Yes, and let us know what you believe because this is a hot button topic. Please, 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 don't be toxic. Be respectful of authors and works. But you know, let us know what you think. It's an interesting discussion and one that I think will continue to go on, especially as the clock ticks uh, closer <laughs> to Ryan's uh, guaranteed release date. And if you need, if you feel like you need to be toxic, send one toxic comment our, on our like our way so that we have something to. Uh, oh yeah, on. we need a negative <laughs> review so you could say "f you" all of us, and we'll that would be good for well, next month. Well, I'd just like to point out that the members of Phantology who have not received negative reviews directed <laughs> at them are Ben, Steven. No, I was snubbed. Hey, I was snubbed. <laughs> Steven and Jake are the ones that are uh, that are untouched okay, well, at this point. Well, the. the Failure the to snub was not as directly. <laughs> it's not. Yeah, I got an F you. Ryan sounds high all the time. <laughs> yeah, Ryan got accused of being on drugs. Josh was literally told F you. Ben was said. Ben Ben just wasn't mentioned as being awesome. I mean, <laughs> sorry. <laughs> all, all right. right, thanks for listening this far. If you want to see more from Phantology, you can find us at www.phantologybooks.com. Let us know what you think of our new monthly segment here. We've got a lot of pieces. Let us know what you like the best, and we'll try to highlight those a little bit more. If you want to chat with us on Discord, invites are on the episode description and in the video here. I would love to have you come and let us know, uh, you know, tell us what your opinion is and interact with a, a growing community of fans of a lot of different series. Also, tell us what you want us to debate in the future. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yes, we need more debate topics. Yeah. We have a few lined up, but uh, yeah, this was one of the biggest hot topic, hot button topics. The one that we're contemplating, the other one we were contemplating for this month was Sanderson overrated or not? Because the the hot thing to do on Reddit now is say that Sanderson's overrated. So uh, that might be an interesting conversation. Yeah. I don't want to debate that. <laughs> that would hurt Ryan so too much. All right, Ben, Ryan, Josh, thanks for being on. This is Phantology signing off. <laughs>